from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Oh, hello. I didn't see you come in. It's me, Eric Tanosayas, and this week I'm very excited to bring you the next installment of Celeste Silverna and the end of the Ley Lines. I'm going to do a very brief recap of the last episode just to lead right into the action and fun. So if you're a little unfamiliar with the story, I suggest you re-listen to the series. It should take about 25 minutes. But anyway, I've been trying to include more audio dramas, obviously, at the end of the last, like, 25 episodes to kind of give a deeper look into the world, a little details and little winks and little laughs. But I love this format for giving a little extra lore and a little extra story and pushing narrative along when that's kind of not what we do during episodes. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, let us know on Twitter. Anyway, let's get to it. Last time we saw Celeste, she was battling with the legendary dragon knight Delta in the forest after absorbing the horse Magenta. She was saved by a mysterious knight with a silly name, and she's just waking up from passing out after an exhausting battle. Let's go. Celeste Silverna, Part 4, Shaping. You awake? Good. Now listen to me, said the man in the shiny ornate armor. He dropped down to his squat with a ka-chunk and waved an armored hand in her face. Hey, I saved you. <laughs> nice job going after Delta. Anyway, I'm Seven. You can call me Mr. Seven. What's your name? The man in the armor spoke fast and spoke often. Celeste was not much of a morning person, but blurted out, Celeste. <clears throat> the man leapt to his feet and began obnoxiously shadowboxing. Oh boy, the now, I hope you all listening know that while I, the narrator, am talking, Celeste. Mr. Seven has never stopped talking and is definitely speaking oh, underneath cool of eyes. me. Wow, right now. Anyway, morning, or whatever time it is now. <laughs> time is kind of weird now. I gotta run, so let's get up and at him. Let's walk and talk. Come on. Celeste, supremely groggy, let out a yawn, brushed herself off, and got to her feet. Like I said, she was never much of a morning person before, and she still wasn't. She needed a cup of coffee or tea right when she woke up. No talking, no questions, no nothing before that. She was dreading this walk. But to be honest, Celeste was so groggy, she barely knew if she were awake or dreaming. She ran her fingers through her hair. Oh, wait, go back. Did you save me from the bad person back there? I'm sorry, slow down. The bad person? Yes, Grogalina, I saved you from the bad person. Their name is Delta, and they suck. Celeste stopped walking. Okay, but why? Why do they suck? Oh, let me count the ways. Tries to kill, like, everyone they meet. Tried to kill you. Stole this magic guy's sword. Uh, let me see. Made a kid build a robot to try to kill them or something. It's a little convoluted. No, no, no. I mean, why are you helping me? Mr. Seven's silly act washed away. The world is not as it was. It's wounded and shattered. But there has to be a way to restore it. When I saw that wand of yours work, it took me back to a time when I was young. I felt a hope burning in me that I haven't felt in eons. I swore an oath once to give this world what it needs. I guess keeping you alive is part of that promise. Anywho, let's walk and talk. Sorry if I was a lot first thing in the morning. Let's start over again. Mr. Seven, nice to meet you. 
He smiled and held out his gauntlet-clad hand to shake hers. Celeste Silvernum, you are one cool and powerful kid. He put back on the goofy act. I can tell by that fancy wand of yours that you have quite a job to do, and I want you to get to it. But first, we gotta chat. Let's go. Celeste reached out her hand and shook the knights. The second she felt the cold of his armor, the grogginess washed away. She had been starving, but suddenly her hunger was satisfied. Celeste felt amazing, energized, happy. He began to speak, and it was like every word was as clear as music resonating in her mind. She would remember every word this man uttered as they strolled that day. It was as if it was being tattooed in her long-term memory as he spoke. What is happening? Is this what he can do? Is this his, like, talent or whatever? It's like I could not pay attention and still get every word. Celeste realized that she hadn't been paying attention. And so did Seven. Hey, kid, listen, this is wisdom I'm spewing here. I'm giving you super valuable information, so don't make me repeat myself. You said your name is Seven, codename Headless, a knot from a city in the sky called Dragon. According to you, the whole world has been turned upside down by a cataclysmic event of unknown origin. All things have been twisted, contorted as a result. Magic seasons, day and night cycles. The world is different than it was. What the heck? Oh, let this be a lesson to you, little Miss Sleepy Time T. We all have our neat little tricks. But now that I have your attention... They began to walk, and the knight spoke. Celeste took in every single word. She learned about the world before the Great Shadow, about the five regions and beyond. He spoke of moon queens and sky kings, cities in the clouds and worlds underground, of ruin, but not the one Celeste recognized. The knight spoke of a demon lord that scarred a land so deeply that the world's magic could no longer reach. Celeste had never wondered why her family couldn't use magic. She just knew that the Silvernas didn't. Couldn't? She didn't care. She knew her home wasn't some shattered land, scarred from an ancient battle. It was a beautiful place filled with adventure and mystery, where a young girl's dreams could be carried by the strongest winds in fantasy, where the tall grass bends and dances to the music of the gales. She chuckled. He'll never know about the pines and the marshes or the songs of the birds. Ruin is where her parents raised her to be strong and find joy in everyday things. So while the knight spoke of it with doom and gloom, Celeste cracked a secret smile. Mr. Seven stopped talking. He sniffed the air and suddenly looked excited. He walked down to a small stream and cupped his hand and took a taste and nodded. He sniffed nearby flowers and nodded. He ripped tiny bits of leaves and herbs, tasted them, and nodded. He turned to Celeste and said, Okay, I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been walking and I've been talking for a whole week. Her jaw hit the ground. What? There is just no... But I haven't even had to... You didn't stop talking for... I'm sorry, what? Oh, come on, little Miss Sleepy Time T. After all this, you thought you were the only one with a few tricks up your sleeve? Hi there, listener. I know we've never talked about what Headless Seven can do, so here we go. When he's speaking, you're filled with energy. Your focus becomes razor sharp, and his words seem to embed themselves into your long-term memory, even when you're not really paying attention, which Celeste hadn't always been doing, yet she got to hang on to every word. In fact, if he's telling a story, you don't need to use the bathroom, eat, sleep, anything. He can just keep you going and listening as long as he wants to keep it rolling. Anyway, back to the story. Mr. Seven stood in a clearing surrounded by trees. 
kicking over some rocks and kicking up dirt to make a fire pit. Okay, Celeste, welcome to your first day of camp. I'm going to make tonight's fire for you, but I want you to shack up here for two whole weeks all by yourself. I'll be leaving you enough supplies for two whole days. Now, I know you've been surviving out there and roughing it, and I'm really proud of you, but you've got a lot to learn and a lot to do and not a lot of time to do it. I want you to think of this camping trip as sort of a training regimen. Mr. Seven's training to be the best wizard we can be and save the world from darkness camp. The goal is, in two weeks, for you to have a little better handle on that power of yours, but we'll get to that. First, I want you to craft yourself a tent. Just a tent. You need to maintain its structure and durability while you sleep if you want to catch any Zs. But that'll be no problem for a stud like you. Here's the fun part. If you want tools or luxuries, you're going to have to make them. He very excitedly pointed toward the wand with a, yeah, yeah. I know this sounds silly, and I know I'm being annoying, and I know there's a lot of rules in camp, but trust me, if you do this right and you really take it seriously, next time you run into someone like Delta, you won't need anyone to save you. But anyway, let's talk about cool stuff. Like, okay, you have tremendous power. Yes, that is true. But can you wield it? Nope. No control over it. You're like a kid holding a fire hose, flying all over the place, just going where it flings you. This power, though, is so much more than just a flow of energy. No, 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 it's not a hose. It is limitless potential. You can draw out the energy of the planet and shape it to your will. You're like a glass blower. That wand, that's your big metal straw. You, you're the artisan with time and mastery. Ugh, the things you'll be able to do. I'm just excited thinking about it. But you've been trying to make glass houses before you've even mastered making a simple wine glass. You'll get to the big stuff. Trust me. I know you will. But things take time to develop and master. And that's okay. That's the point of camp. To have fun and reflect, all while getting stronger and improving. During his speech, Seven had been pacing. But towards the end, he slowed down and walked over to the stream, gazing at his reflection in the water. Hey, Celeste, come here. Join me. She walked over and the two sat together. Hey Celeste, do me a favor. Quests given to you by primordial forces are very great and grand. But fill up your life. Find joy. Find stories to tell, okay? When I see you again, you better have some yarns to spin. But until then, enjoy your journey. Life is an amazing adventure. Be sure to savor it. And if you do run into trouble before you're ready, like, like big trouble, it's okay to uh, run away. Stories are told by those who survived. I only have as many as I do because... Whatever, that's for another time. Okay, be good. See ya, enjoy camp. Um, one last thing, one last thing. He said that a lot, Mr. Seven. He would oftentimes walk off into the distance, turn around and sprint back. Just one more thing, just one more thing. Your power is like this campfire. (laughs) See, keep it fed and tended to, and it will keep you and others safe. That was a good one. I liked that one. Okay, see ya. This saying he was done running away and running back happened about ten times. But this time, he really was finished. During the entire speech, Celeste hadn't even thought to utter a word. And as he walked away, she felt sad seeing him go.
Besides a magenta cosmic horse, this was her first friend. Strange and silly as he was, Celeste could tell that there was a deep sadness in him. Anyone pretending to be that jolly has seen quite a few things in their time. I never even got the chance to thank him. And she watched him vanish into the distance. Just as soon as she had made a friend, Celeste was alone again. But this time she was determined. She was starting camp. Mr. Seven's camp to start the... God, is the one thing she could never remember was the title of this dang camp. She clapped her hands together, rubbed them and said, Time to get stronger. Let's make a tent. A tent? <laughs> What's a tent? She's made suits of armor, demon-crushing tower shields. Come on, this would be a piece of cake. It was not. Celeste noticed that up to this point, her power had only manifested in times of danger and duress, and it was sort of been a spur-of-the-moment kind of gigantic release of power, rather than a tiny drip. So learning to control the flow that she was taking in and give that tiny shape was giving her a bit of a challenge. She stood in that clearing, conjuring and conjuring, drawing in energy, projecting it outward, but only making very tiny, cute tents. She kept whispering herself, Control it. Make it larger, but not too large. Make it bigger, but not gigantic. You don't want to fall asleep, Celeste. But she laughed. The important thing that I want you all to know is that she laughed. Celeste was enjoying herself for the first time in this new world of hers. Big metal straw, wine glass, wine glass, wine glass, and boop, a tent. A perfect magenta tent. <gasps> magenta? No, it was the color of just tan cloth. She had completely removed the magenta glow. <gasps> what progress? It was just a tent. A tent. Oh my god. I done it. I made a tent. I am an artisan. I'm the artisan of legend. I am Celeste. <laughs> the tent fell down, collapsed, and vanished in sparkling light. Celeste was fantastic at conjuring amazing things, but keeping their structural integrity and duration while she concentrated on other things was kind of her drawback at the moment. She had been at this for several hours, so in her mind, it was time for a break. Let me crack open those supplies Seven left me. Next to the fire was a very beautiful, ornate, gift-wrapped box with a big gold ribbon that said, Open me when you're hungry. When did he find that time? She pulled on the beautiful yellow ribbon and the gift box opened, and inside was a plethora of what? Notes? Oh my god, there are just notes in here? First one, let me see. Oh my goodness. Get your own food, ha ha. Here's enough bits of wisdom to last you two days. Oh, come on! Each note card had a little bit of trivia on it about the current region she was in, with just fun facts as well. But listener, what was really alarming is that each one had ornately drawn Celeste Silverna diagrams of how to accomplish the things he wanted her to do. For example, gathering tea. 
Thirsty, Celeste? Ho, ho! You have a variety of tea as you enter the great region of Moon Crescent. Right now, you're still just at the edge of truth. But soon, oh, the archipelago, oh, I can't wait. She studied the note card, and it showed her a tiny cartoon Celeste walking down to the stream and gathering herbs. For the best tea in all of truth, you're going to want to gather Fire Blossom. Celeste stared at the card in amazement. When when did he make these? How? You'll be able to identify Fire Blossom by its bright orange fiery leaves. Now the flower will be a bright green. You want to only gather the leaves. And when you rub them in your thumbs, you'll feel a little heat generate. That's how you know it's Fire Blossom. Now, the best part about that tea is get a pot of cold water. Oh, oh wait! I didn't leave you with anything. You're going to have to conjure a pot. Then you're going to rub the leaves just enough to get them piping hot and drop them in the water. That's it. The leaves will do the trick. Boil the water. Let it steep. Sip your tea. Then no more groggy Miss Celeste. Boom. Yes, listener, the cards were this thorough. Seven is just that kind of guy. I want you to imagine several dozen note cards attached to a key ring, and every time you use it like a flipbook, you see the next step in your adventure. Anyway, Celeste flipped the tiny book with her thumb, laughed, rolled her eyes, and said, Oh, man, guess I'm going down to the stream. She gathered her fire blossom, walked back. Oh, I didn't even make a tent. I forgot. Oh, and not. Nah, it's fallen. It's getting dark. Oh, dang it. Oh, dang it. Dang, dang. <laughs> she laughed and laughed and laughed. Yes, this was going to be very hard, but she had two weeks all to herself. No walking, no high pressure, no high danger. And dang it, she was going to have fun for the first time in a long time. As night fell and the fire crackled, it was tent time, baby. <sighs> okay, I am a glass blower. I have my metal tube. She waved her wand in the sky. And I am an apprentice. I am not an artisan, and I need to accept this. Now, a tent. A tent. A tent. She closed her eyes and thought back to ruin, when her father and her would go camping in the woods overnight. She would sit and keep the fire fed while he set up the most glorious and beautiful tent. She remembered how long it would take. Little Celeste would sit by the fire and say, Daddy, what's inside the tent? Papa Celeste would list off luxuries like, There's a Shea Lounge, Celeste. There's a beautiful hot tub for you. There's all sorts of goodies and treats inside. <gasps> a cotton candy machine. And little Celeste would say, Yay! And run into the tent. She remembered drifting off to sleep and saying, Daddy, I want to do this every single day, forever. And her papa replied, well, Pretty soon you'll be too big. You'll need your own tent. But don't worry, I'll move the cotton candy machine in there for you. No sweat. Celeste hadn't thought about those days in a long time. She held the wand high over her head and said, I want a cotton candy machine. Beams of magenta light begin to swirl all around her, pouring into the wand. Her right hand formed a small sphere of silver. As Celeste thought about the tent she had always dreamed of, the orb grew and grew and swirled. 
Celeste stretched her right arm forward and opened her palm, saying, Cotton candy machine now! The sphere in her right hand fired out dozens of magenta beams, all meeting together in the clearing. Every time Celeste did this, she always thought, God, this is so cool! And where the beams met, sure as day, was a beautiful, magnificent, magenta-colored tent. No cotton candy machine, no, but a dang good tent, one she'd be able to sleep under for days on end. All right, she thought. Step one, complete. Do tent. Make tent. Now, how the heck am I going to keep this thing structurally and whatever he said while I sleep? Doesn't matter. Time to make a teapot. Now, listener, are you wondering if we're about to talk about Celeste Silverna, one of the most powerful beings in our collective universe, making a teapot and a cup? Yes! One thing at a time, Celeste was great at. Super duper. Mech suits. Tense. But two things? Oof. This was going to be her greatest challenge. Kidding. It was going to be a great challenge for her. So great a challenge, in fact, that that first night, she fell asleep trying to form the tea kettle. When she woke up, she realized that her tent had collapsed on her. Dang it. This is so hard. When I'm trying, I can't even make a teapot. How the heck am I ever going to make some kind of weapon or something on command if I need to... Wait a minute. Celeste noticed that the entire time she had been moping, the tent was still intact. It had just collapsed. She did it. She kept something formed while she slept. Was it structurally sound? No, but dang dang it if she wasn't making progress. And it was really cute because the magenta tent was covering her mouth, so she sounded like this. Uh-huh! I'm the most powerful wizard in the world, I sure am! This tent here is amazing! I kept this thing while I slept. Mr. Seven, can you hear me? Because I'm drinking tea tonight. I'm drinking Fire Blossom tea this morning. I'm drinking it with every meal. Oh, meals? I'm making a frying pan. I'm making a little stove. I'm going to set myself up here. This is going to be the greatest two weeks of my life. That is right, Mr. Seven. We are filling up our life. Ooh, I'm going to get back to whittling. Oh, I haven't whittled in so long. I'm going to try all the teas that Mr. Seven left for me to make. Oh, I'm going to make every recipe. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, this is just the best. <sighs> Thank you, Mr. Seven. <laughs> Seven. Headless Seven. You gave me so much. I'm going to bring back that great world you told me about. But until then, I got a lot of living to do. Oh, I'm going to have so many stories to tell by then, he won't be able to get a single word in. It'll be my turn to talk for a week. <sighs> All right, let's get some tea. I hope you all enjoyed the latest installment of Celeste Silverna and the End of the Ley Lines. If you did, please be sure to give us a nice shout-out on social media so that more and more people can find out about the work we do on the show and our weird little podcast that could. If you'd like to submit a prompt for future episodes, there's a million ways you can do it using our Discord, using our Twitter. All of these are pinned to a link tree on our Twitter page. You can find all of our previous episodes at oneshotpodcast.com. I'm not good at doing this by myself. So until next time, good night and good game.